0: Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis.
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, editor-in-chief of Tax Notes Today International. This week, private equity reacts. Following the passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, there have been reports that among the many responses to the new law, private equity firms have moved to alter their structures to benefit from it. Here to explain what's going on is Tax Notes Today reporter Eric Yalk. Eric, welcome back to the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Dave.
1: So let's start off with a bit of background. How have private equity firms been structured historically?
0: Yeah, Dave. So if you look at the overall structure of a private equity fund, what you can see is one big fund operating as a partnership. And above it, its partners can be a publicly traded asset management company that would be organized as a partnership historically. The fund could have a general partner that's also a partnership that could receive a carried interest. There could be feeder funds that are partnerships or corporations, also alternative investment vehicles that would come into the fund. Think of the fund as like the big epicenter, like the one big investor base. And then that fund below it could also own partnerships and corporations that are portfolio companies, and everything would just kind of flow up. If you look at the org structure, that's typically how it's done. And there are a lot of different entities involved. So what
1: changes did the TCJA make that are relevant to these private equity firms?
0: There are several. I guess the biggest one is that the corporate income tax rate was cut from 35% down to 21%. And so that's had a lot of businesses rethinking, you know, based on math alone, whether it makes sense to convert from a pass through to a corporation. But the TCJA also implemented Section 199 Cap A, and that's a 20% write off on pass through income, but only up to certain income thresholds. And then above those thresholds, some industries are outright barred. And so it's really easy for the corporations to take advantage of their rate cut. It's just a rate cut. But for the pass through owners on one. 99 cap A, there are several restrictions based on wages and what type of business you are, how much property you have. And so really, it's an exercise in math.
1: So it's a lot more complicated in the private equity realm. How are they reacting to the TCJA?
0: So there have been several reports that publicly traded asset management companies are converting to corporations. And if you talk to practitioners, we got several calls about this after it was announced. Companies like KKR, Aries, Blackstone, and now possibly Carlyle Group, they're going to convert to corporate status. And people say that's Been nudged by the TCJA's rate cut to 21%, but it's not based solely on that. It could expand their investor base and now they can get on certain indices that they couldn't if there were partnerships. So historically, how it's structured is you have the fund and then the asset management company receives a fee, a 2% fee of the assets managed and it's ordinary income. And so if you're looking at the rate cut in the TCJA for individuals, that's top rate of 37%. And then with the corporate rate cut as 21%, but you have two levels of taxation. So you're really just doing the math on it now. And they're saying, you know, if you convert to corporate status just for the asset management company, it may make more sense in the long run because you can expand your investor base. Support for this podcast is provided by
1: the University of California, Irvine School of Law Graduate Tax Programme. Since you're listening to this podcast, it's a good bet that you're interested in learning about taxes. Well, our sponsors wanna teach you even more than we can. The Graduate Tax Program is a one-year, full-time program offered at the UC Irvine campus. It's ranked as the number one graduate tax program on the West Coast. The program offers students a unique academic experience combining in-depth doctrinal work and practical perspective. The program boasts a small student to faculty ratio that ensures students get the attention they need to succeed in their studies and their careers. For domestic students and US permanent residents, the deadline to apply is April 1, 2020. Non-US students must apply by February 1st. Apply today, visit law.uci.edu/gradtax. That's law.uci.edu/gradtax. Now that they're making all these changes, is this a permanent shift in how private equity is structured?
0: I think it's important to focus on the fact that it's just one entity at the top of the org chart, and it still employs partnerships. The general partner of the fund is still going to get a carried interest. It's just that the publicly traded asset management company will not be taxed as a corporation. So several practitioners have said that they're modeling transactions now, assuming that the corporate rate is 25%, because no one's really sure that it's going to stay at 21%. Especially, it all depends on who wins in 2020. If the president as a Democrat, if Congress is Democratic, then people think the rates may go up. But others have pointed out if the corporate income tax rate goes up to 25%, it's also likely that the top individual income tax rate could also go up. So you're really taking a gamble here on both fronts.
1: Is private equity alone in this or other businesses that are structured as pass-throughs thinking about or
0: actually making conversions into corporations? So what we're hearing is that private equity firms are converting to corporate status. And as we talked about, that's just one small piece of the puzzle for private equity. And it's not entirely based on the tax rate change from the TCJA. But when you pivot to overall companies like operating businesses, you know, a pizza shop or something, like whether those businesses converted in light of the TCJA, it's much more complicated, but it's much more driven based on the tax numbers as well. And so I've spoken to several practitioners who have said you have to look at all of the changes holistically made in the TCJA. Sure you have a corporate rate of 21%, but several changes affected pass-through owners, okay? You have 199 cap A, which can be a benefit. But then you also have the SALT cap of $10,000 and that affects individuals. It doesn't affect corporations. That's a big hit for some business owners. But then there's also 461L, which caps the amount of losses that you can take in one year and you basically just defer them into an NOL in the subsequent year. It's a strange vision. But that's how it works. And so you have to step back, and look at all these different changes and see if it makes sense. And practitioners have said, look, if a hundred clients called them thinking about converting from a pass-through to a C-corporation, maybe five to 10 actually converted. And the ones that did, didn't go all the way. It was more of a hybrid approach where the operating company was a C-corporation, but the real estate was still held as a pass-through.
1: What sort of concerns are these business owners bringing to the table
0: and determining which structure to go forward with? That's a good question. And I think that people would say, look, it depends on how you want to use the money from the business. If you want to grow the business organically and keep the money inside, maybe converting to a corporation makes sense. But if you need that money to live on, and you have to make distributions every year, pass-through may make more sense. And something else, banks and lenders have caught on to the TCJA. And so if you're going to operate as a pass-through with a top rate of 37% and you're seeking a bank loan, that bank's going to say, hey, why aren't you paying tax?" at 21% as a corporation. And if you say, look, we're, it makes more sense to operate as a pass-through, the bank may, may come back and say, hey, what about 199 cap A? You're making tax distributions every year. Are you going to factor 199 cap A into your tax distribution agreement? Well, 199 cap A is determined at the individual level. And so you may not necessarily know how much you're going to get in the first place. So at first, when you're seeking loans, there's a lot of pushback, it sounds like. But eventually, you have to explain it to them. Something else I want to say, too, is that all these changes to the TCJA has kind of raised the issue of whether you should convert to a corporation. But the decades-old partnership rules still kind of dominate here. Practitioners have said, look, if you're planning for a business and you want to pass it on to your heirs, if you pass on a partnership interest, they could get a step up in the basis of the assets of the partnership. Whereas that wouldn't happen if you have a corporation. They would get a stock step up, possibly, but they wouldn't get the asset step up. And so if you want to sell your interest in a business down the road, you can get paid for your basis step up in the assets if you're a partnership owner, but you can not if you're a corporation owner.
1: As with everything under the TCJA, whatever answer you're looking for is it's complicated. That's right, Dave. Eric, thank you for being here. Dave, thanks for having me. And now, coming attractions. Each week we preview commentary that will be appearing in the Tax Notes magazines. I'm joined by Content and Acquisitions Manager Faye McRae. Faye, what will you
2: have for us? Thanks, Dave. Coming up in Tax Notes Federal, Ted Stotzer examines the cash tax rate that corporate taxpayers should apply in mergers and acquisitions deals to convert earnings into post-tax cash flow. And Monty Jackal argues that a recently issued IRS memorandum violates the internal rules of the Office of Chief Counsel because it is contrary to final regulatory guidance. In Tax Note State, Brian Hammer discusses whether Chicago should implement a simplified margin tax to generate revenue and whether such a tax would violate the Illinois Constitution. Michael Carl discusses the highly anticipated ruling in Steger v. Consul Energy, Inc., in which a unanimous West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals further exposed the legal challenges that remain in West Virginia for determining the true value of natural gas property for tax purposes. In Tax Notes International, David Rosenblum and Fadi Shaheen examine how corporate tax changes implemented by the TCJA interact with U.S. tax treaties. Also, Sebastian Duenas examines controlled foreign corporation tax regimes in Japan, France, Germany, the United Kingdom, Colombia, the Netherlands, China, and Spain.
1: You can read all that and a lot more in the August 5th editions of Tax Notes Federal, State, and International. That's it for this week. You can follow me online at Tax Stew. that's S-T-E-W. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at taxanalyst.org. And as always, if you like what we're doing here, please leave a rating or review wherever you download this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode of Tax
0: Notes Talk. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening, and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk.